1: The wall. Grand this is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Frank, Scott, Chris,
0: and Adam. yippee mother. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today on Monday, December 21st. Frank Stample here. No Scott White, who's getting a much-needed vacation. We'll talk to Scott again in the new year. Want to wish everybody a very happy and healthy holiday season. And considering it's Christmas week, we have something special for you today on the show. We're giving you the best gifts at each position based on early ADP over at the NFBC. That's the National Fantasy Baseball Championship. Who's we? Joining me today is the co-owner of Friends with Fantasy Benefits, creator of TGFBI, The Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. You've listened to him on the Sleeper and the Bus podcast, of course, with Paul Sporer. Make sure you follow on Twitter at Justin Mason, FWFB. What's going on, Justin?
1: Hey, nothing much. Just getting ready for Christmas. You you reached out and said, hey, you need a co-host for this week. I was like, who needs to wrap more presents? Let's talk baseball.
0: Let's do it indeed and look if you don't know who Justin is or if you haven't like seen his face somewhere it, it's it's honestly impossible at this point like it is between everything um, all the shirts over at RotoWare and just like all the appearances and all the great work that you do like if people don't know you by now like what are you doing you live under rock make sure you go follow Justin on Twitter uh, and make sure to follow all of his work and there you go I, I actually have no idea who Justin chose as his adp gift so this should be fun um, and we will also talk about our top three Christmas movies towards the end of the podcast. Uh, But first, we do have some news and notes. Not really much going on, obviously, because uh, that's just this slow-moving offseason that we have here, Justin. Uh, Michael Waka signed a one-year, $3 million deal with the Tampa Bay Rays. His ADP is outside the top 700. His ERA was 6.62 this past season. Uh, But under the hood, there's actually some... Interesting stuff. Career high, 11% swinging strike rate. Career high, 34% chase rate and change up his pitch mix. I mean, you'd have to be in the deepest of leagues. We talked beforehand. You do like these crazy dynasty, 30 teams, 100 people, uh, 100 roster spots. Um, so I assume Michael Walk is on someone's ro- uh, roster there. Any interest?
1: I mean... <laughs> where the old fantasy focus used to say, like like fantasy kryptonite, like that's like me and Michael Walker. Like I just, I keep falling for it. I feel like I'm Charlie Brown trying to kick a football with Michael Walker every year. Uh, and him going to the raise should be one of those situations where like, well, if he starts, he'll only get a few innings. But what if he's the follower Like, that becomes super interesting. I mean, we've seen, you know, Chirinos have, like, huge seasons. Yarbrough have huge, like, fantasy seasons being the follower. He's a guy I'm going to keep an eye on. And we're going to wait and see how he's used before we draft him. I mean, if you're in, like, an NFBC 50-round league, maybe use one of your last picks on him or something like that. Uh, But he's definitely not a guy who you want to count on in any sense of the word.
0: Yeah, like in normal standard 12-team leagues, if you're playing Roto or, or a head-to-head points league, like this is not someone that you're following no. for now, but maybe uh, if he gets off to a good start, 2 start weeks, whatever it might be, Tampa Bay, they usually do a good job in terms of uh, figuring pitchers out and, and helping them turn around or just getting the most out of people. So uh, we'll see what happens. Michael Walker, interesting. Uh, slightly interesting. I'm not, you yeah, know, whatever. It's Michael Waka. Uh <laughs> Joe Maddon told reporters that Joe Adele, quote, needs more time in the minors. No question. Um, I guess... It's pretty obvious at this point. I mean, he was terrible. Joe Adele was terrible this past season. But I mean, it's a weird year where like, I can't, I don't think we're really holding it against him. Uh, You mentioned that you play in Dynasty. Would you be trying to buy low on Joe Adele if you could?
1: Depends on the price. I mean, I've been a huge Joe Adele fan since before he got drafted. I mean, if you saw the numbers he was putting up in high school, they were straight up video game numbers. Uh, and he has all that talent. I mean, he's one of those guys who can jump like straight out of a pool, like when the water's like up to his neck, like no hands, nothing, just jumps out. Um, like the athleticism is off the charts with Joe Adele. But man, he cannot make contact. He, he is, he's turning into what Lewis Brinson was in a lot of ways. And that hurts my heart because I just absolutely love what Joe Adele could be Uh, I mean, the nice thing is he's pretty much free in fantasy right now. I mean, he, I mean, he's just no one. One of the things about fantasy baseball is that when a prospect does not succeed right away, the industry as a whole just says, screw this guy. Like, I don't want him. I'm not going to touch him. And so like he, you know, in almost every format, he's pretty close to free outside of dynasty and keeper leagues. I think it's worth the speculation, but I'm not going to pay near what I was paying a year ago at this time in a dynasty league to go get him. Um, and if, if you have him in a league and someone says, you know, I will give you, you know, whatever the equivalent of like the top prospect or top five prospects in baseball are for him. You take that deal and you ship them off. But I mean, the sky's the limit, but the floor is just unbelievable. It's Lewis Brenson, which is, you know, not been good.
0: A 41.7% strikeout rate for Joe Adele in this shortened season. He obviously could use more seasoning in the minors, as Joe Madden alluded to. The early ADP for Adele is 273 over at the NFBC. Tigers pitching prospect Alex Fiedo will undergo Tommy John surgery later this month. And speaking of Dynasty, I mean, this is a pretty big hit as well. Um, I don't think that we hold him in the same regards as like Casey Mize and Scoobel and Matt Manning, but he's probably just behind those guys. And I know that there's a lot of people that are excited about Alex Fiedo. So uh, this definitely sucks just in general for him and, and for people who have him in Dynasty as well. Uh, Red Sox manager Alex Cora said Matt Barnes is the favorite to open the season as their closer. Justin, I had this crazy idea in my head that like, Matt Barnes was good this past season. And then I just looked up his numbers. 4.30 ERA of 5.5 walks per nine. He did have nine saves, though.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, (laughs) look at the rest of that Red Sox bullpen. He's he's the closer. And uh, at at some point, you just take the saves, right? And so, especially, I mean, if you're in a points league, uh, obviously you don't care as much about a guy like Matt Barnes. But in a roto league, considering, like, I'm pretty sure he's going, like, outside the top 200 picks. Like, he's probably locked in. To that closer role especially because they don't seem to be the team that right now that wants to compete so they're not going to go out inside a, a a hendrix or a column a they're they're going to roll with what they got and save the money uh and you know yeah i mean if you're plugging them in as your number two or number three uh closer in you know 12 or 15 team league you're pretty stoked because he's a guy that probably not going to lose his job. Does and it doesn't even matter how terrible it is. His ADP is
0: two twenty nine. So you're right. Yeah, going outside the top two hundred, he um, it's not free, but that's that's a pretty good discount for a guy who looks like he's going to be the closer as of now. I I guess his ADP is probably going to move up if they don't sign somebody else. Uh, if you enjoy the show and would like to leave a five star Apple Podcast rating and review, we would appreciate it. Feel free to drop a question in there as well, and we'll answer it here on the show make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasybaseball. Today, I'm wearing my I'm Dreaming of a Dwight Christmas ugly Christmas sweater, um, which is pretty awesome, if I must say so myself, <laughs> so you can see it on YouTube. And, of course, I uh, just want to remind everyone, some programming notes. I will not be on a second podcast later this week. You will hear Danny Vietti and Will Middlebrooks. Uh, they have a great interview coming up with Trevor Bowers, agent, whose name is escaping me right Rachel, now.
1: Rachel Luba.
0: Rachel Luba, yes. So uh, You will hear that later this week on Wednesday and I'm sure it's going to be <laughs> very interesting to have lots of questions uh, for Rachel, so you will find that uh, but you will not find me later on this week. This is the only time I'll be on the podcast. ADP gifts at each position, position Justin. Uh, we'll hit catcher first base, second base, third base, shortstop outfield and starting pitcher. Hopefully I don't know how many of these we'll get through but uh, let's jump right in then. Catcher Get us started, man.
1: I feel like catcher is always the coal in the stocking, isn't it? It's like oh, yeah. you, like you just avoid it for the most part if you can, especially if you're playing in a one catcher league. Like there's no reason to invest in catcher. Just play catcher roulette and hope that you know you don't get killed by it. So <laughs> uh, that being said, uh, Max Stasi, man, he th- he's going to pick three sixty three. I know that the angels have been tied to they were tied to like Jason McCann or James McCann, um, you know, for a little bit before he signed with the Mets. There's been talk that maybe they could bring back Jason Castro. Uh, I, I as long as they don't sign someone. So obviously this changes if they do sign someone that would play ahead of him. He was really, really good in a season in which he lost a lot of games to injury. Uh, and so, like, I, I love the lineup that the Angels are putting together. Obviously, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon. And if you got him kind of hitting behind some of those guys, he has a, a lot of potential driving some runs. Uh, he delivered, like, a 270 batting average last year. Uh, I mean, he's just a, he's a former top prospect. People forget, like, he was a top prospect at one point for, for the Astros. So, uh, yeah, I mean, give me all the max Sassy shares.
0: Yeah, and the Statcast numbers are great too. Ninety-one point six okay. mile per hour average exit velocity. He hit two seventy-eight, as you mentioned. His xBA was two seventy-one. His yep. slug five thirty-three. X slug five sixty-eight. Man, so Stassi really has some great underlying numbers. He hits a lot of line drives as well. Um, made a good amount of contact. Twenty percent strikeout rate. That's a little bit better than league average. And he and he gets on base. Ten percent okay. walk rate. So uh, yeah, he's going at three sixty three in three. ADP yep. and I mean you get them you probably want them more so as your second catcher I would assume right Than your first sure, yeah yeah
1: but I mean it's you know it's all upside and I'm one of those guys that especially in two catcher leagues if I don't end up with a guy I really covet at, at the position I just wait. I'll wait forever. Like, you know, and you know, know, so I have no problem in a league, you know, a deeper two catcher league where Max Stassi is actually my number one catcher. I really just don't. uh, Cause it means the rest of my roster is really, really well filled out. So like, I love Aaron or Austin Nola. So like, if I get me some Austin Nola, there's my number one catcher, Stassi number two. But if I miss out on a guy like Nola, or, you know, if I don't want to pay up for the real Muto's of the world, uh, then I'll just wait and grab like two guys like, like Stassi later on or three guys like Sassy later on in, in 50 you know round draft and holds and, and feel pretty good about it.
0: So this is going to be controversial, the name that I'm about to bring up, uh, and, and very polarizing too. Uh, I think people who have had this player on their team before, they're probably not going to go back to the well, but I have never had him, and that is Gary Sanchez. And his yeah. ADP has gone from over the past... Five years, 45 to 1953. 78 last season and now he's at 196. So, yeah, in years past if he's like a 4th or 5th round pick, like I I usually don't invest in a catcher going that early, Uh, but I think now people are probably going way too far the other way for Gary Sanchez and there's a lot of volatility in his profile. I understand that he strikes out a ton. A 36% strikeout rate this past season. Um, He's probably going to hover around 30%. That's going to affect his batting average. But Justin, the the batting average on balls in play. 159 for Gary Sanchez and from 2015 to 2019 entering last season, he was at 264 for his career. So he still hits the ball extremely hard. According to stat cast 17% barrel rate, 97th percentile. Um, I just, I have to imagine that the batting average is going to be better than it was this past season. So are you interested or is there just too much volatility? Have you been burned by Gary Sanchez enough where you're just not going to go back to the well? Because uh, I think some people are scared that like, I'm not going to say that he's like done, but there's a chance he can lose his job to Kyle Higashioka.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's going to lose his job. Uh, the problem is he, with the way the Yankees are currently constructed with Stanton pretty much being a full-time DH, he doesn't have, and now Luke Voigt playing first, like he doesn't have that ability to go play another position on the days he's not catching because he can be brutal by the plate at times uh which you know which is unfortunate that being said like go look at his statcast page exit velocity 89th percentile hard hit percentage 92nd percentile, uh, percentile barrel percentage 97th percentile like if you don't want to take a shot on a guy that at one point was like close to a wheel pick in a 15 team nfbc league at you know where he's going right now like you're just not you know, doing things right. Especially in a position like catcher where guys come into the league, like Max Stassi was not drafted last year. And so like, there will be another Max Stassi or or Austin Nola that like comes into the league and is a top 10, 15 catcher where you can go, okay, it's June. This Gary Sanchez thing is definitely not working. Or maybe they have said, okay, now you're only going to catch 30% of the time. Um, You know, you jettison him off your league or, you know, off your team and go pick up the next guy. Uh, I have no problem with Gary Sanchez this year. And I'm I I'm not one of those people that's like, you've burned me. I will never forgive you. Um, It just I I don't look at players that way. You know, they are people he's formerly like, you know, a second round talent. So I'm not I'm not done with Gary Sanchez for sure.
0: And we've seen him bounce back from bad seasons before. He had a 697 OPS back in 2018, bounced back the next season with an 841 OPS. Uh, he was at 618 this past season in the shortened season. He uncharacteristically hit very bad against lefties too. Uh, he was he batted over under 100 against left-handed pitching for his career. Uh, he's 214, which isn't good, but he should be better in that department as well. I just think, just don't overthink it. This is one of those things with like Machado last year where he was going in the middle rounds, and I had a lot of Machado because I'm just like, the talent is there I'm not overthinking it um, and and it worked out so hopefully the same thing can happen for Gary Sanchez Justin over at first base an early adp gift that you were looking at at this position
1: Wilmer Flores man and maybe this is a Homer pick uh, but I've always been a Wilmer Flores guy even when he was playing with the Mets uh, like he's first base and second base eligible which is always great to be able to fill your your CI and your mi slot uh, he He's got a full time role in San Francisco. Like I think people are thinking that maybe they're gonna play the youth, but they didn't play the youth this year. There isn't much youth. Like there's not. Like it's just an old team that doesn't have a lot of talent, and the big name prospects are not coming up this year. Or at least I don't think they are. Uh, and so he's gonna get a chance to play every day. And the way he hit this year, man, I I think he is a 25 to 30 home run guy in that, even in that park, especially with that gate closed that helped kind of propel that jet stream a little bit in San Francisco. And if, I mean, right now there's a stay at home order all of Northern California, like the entire Bay area. I live an hour away from San Francisco and we're a home order. So like, I don't think they're letting fans in the stands and they're not going to open up, open up that gate. It's going to be closed. Uh, and that's kind of a big deal for a guy like Flores. So um, I, I really like him. I, I've got him. I think I've already had seven drafts and I think I've gotten him in four leagues already thus far. It's, I think he's just uh, um, kind of one of those guys. Everybody just overlooks.
0: Yeah. And yeah, he, on a per-game basis, the past two seasons, I mean, 830 OPS this past season, 848 in, in 2019, uh, he only played 80, 89 games in 2019 with the Diamondbacks, but he hits a lot of line drives. He makes a lot of contact. So even someone, if you play in a deeper points league, like I think he can be valuable for you there as well. So the multi-position eligibility, Floor is definitely an interesting name, and I'm happy you brought up the archways um, in, in Oracle Park because that is something that I will be paying close attention to uh, heading into next season and, and spring training because, I mean, we saw guys like Yastrzemski was great at home, and, and just offense in general was up in, in Oracle Park, so uh, could be huge for for some of those, those hitters, and obviously it, it affects pitching as well, so uh, definitely a storyline to pay attention to there with the Giants. Uh, I went a little bit higher here, and, and this is another one where I don't think he's done. I think if it was a full season. He probably would have just turned things around. And for me, it's Anthony Rizzo. He hit .222 uh, in 2020 with 11 home runs, 26 runs scored, uh, 24 RBI, and chipped in his normal three steals. Over a full season, he usually gets you like six to eight or whatever. Uh, but just another one that was really hurt by the batting average on balls in play. And he was a career two eighty nine bad entering 2020. This past season, that was two eighteen. And he, the only thing that changed in his profile was that he hit more infield fly balls. So he got crushed by, I don't know if he was trying to improve the launch angle and just wound up like popping up a bunch of um, balls this year, but like 17% of his batted balls were pop-ups. That was never higher than 10% in his career. Uh, And people will look at the, the the hard contact rate and the average exit velocity and um, they'll say like, Oh, well that was down. Well, if if 17% of your batted balls are pop-ups, then yeah, of course it's going to affect your, your batted ball numbers in general. So, Rizzo will turn 32 years old in August. He's entering a contract year. Justin, do you believe that 2020 was a fluke, or is this kind of the beginning of, you know, that downturn for Anthony Rizzo?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was necessarily as bad as uh, the numbers maybe show. Uh, That being said, he's also hitting that point in terms of like an aging curve where you're going to start seeing guys, you know, start to struggle early 30s. Um, you know, what is that team going to look like around them if they start trading pieces off? Because they're, again, you know, I just said, the the NL Central, the entire team or division is selling. So, like, is that team going to look as great around him as it maybe has in the past? And there are just so many intriguing pieces at first base that he's one of those guys where if he kind of drops into my lap, if I'm in a draft and let's say I'm picking at 120 and he's still on the board, I'm going to be like, okay, he, at worst, he's going to compile for me, right? At worst, he's going to just rack up maybe unsexy stats, but it's still stats. Uh, he's definitely not a guy I'm reaching for, though. Like, I I love Alec Baum. I love Max Muncie. I love Mike Mustakis. I actually buy into a lot of what Eric Hosmer did this last year. So, like, I'm totally fine missing out on him, but I'm also not going to ignore him if he starts to fall on the draft.
0: Yeah, compiler is probably a good way to put it. You know, if I was projecting him 260 to 270, 25-ish home runs, just solid counting stats, assuming um, he doesn't get moved. I don't know if that would actually help him or hurt him, but um, I guess we'll find out. Chip
1: steals. Like, I mean, a first baseman who can pick you up five to ten stolen bases has a ton more value than the guy who's just a rock.
0: I will put you on the spot, Justin. Would you rather have him or Paul Goldschmidt or neither?
1: I think I'd rather have Goldschmidt. Okay. Um, but again, Goldschmidt's not a guy like I'm targeting. Like this is this is the area of the of the draft for first base where like I feel like there is just this glob of dudes, and I want I want to make sure I've got a first baseman by the time those dudes are gone. But I don't really care which dude it is.
0: Fair enough. Second base, who do you got, Justin?
1: Oh, my second baseman, who I went back and forth on this one. There's there's a number of guys. Like second base went from one of the shallowest positions in fantasy to one of the deepest. Like, I mean, I, I think for my initial ranks, like I ranked 52nd baseman, like, and I was like, I would be okay with a bunch of these guys. Uh, I'm going to go with kind of like the old reliable, boring dude in Cesar Hernandez. Now he doesn't have a team. So we got to see where he's going to end up. Uh, But like, all he does is get on base and like he does just enough in every category to be relevant. And I assume he's going to end up on some sort of contender, be at the top of the lineup, rack up a bunch of runs, which is like the most unappreciated stat in, in Roto, especially. uh, And just be that unsexy glue guy for your roster, you know, at the end. I mean, he's, I think going around pick three, something, Right next to another guy I really love in Colton Wong. So, uh, like, that's also a free agent, but his ADP is going to shoot up once we know where he lands. So, if you're doing early drafts right now, like, now's the time to go get him when his ADP is, you know, super low.
0: Cesar Hernan is the ADP. You mentioned uh, 348.9, Colton Wong 376. So, these guys are going, you know, Around 350, Mm -hmm. even a little bit later than that.
1: Free in most leagues. I mean, if if you're playing in a 12-teamer or even most 15-teamers, like, they're free unless you're playing, like, a 50-round draft.
0: You know what was weird? Do you know how many stolen bases he had this past season?
1: Off the top of my head, I'm going to say he had four. Zero. Yeah. He He hasn't been running quite as much.
0: Yeah, and it was weird because part of the reason I really liked him entering last season was because he was joining Cleveland, and normally mm-hmm. Cleveland is aggressive on the base paths. We see that with Jose Ramirez and, and Francisco Lindor. I wonder if it was it had something to do with Terry Francona not being with the team because I know that he missed like a large majority of the year where like he wasn't with them. I don't know if he like helps design their base running um, game plans or whatever or or if he's part of that. But I thought that was interesting. Like Cesar Hernandez and Amed Rosario, another one who. You know, we kind of usually expect some steals and both of them had zero in the shortened season. So I just uh, I thought I th- that was really interesting.
1: I think we don't want to overanalyze the short season in terms of, like, team strategy too. Because I think there were teams that decided not to run because it was such a short season that they went, why are we risking if, like, you know, it was one of the things I think a lot of us in the industry talked about coming into 2020, which was taking an injury-prone player. Yeah, I mean, there is some... Upside in terms of, oh, wait, what if he stays healthy for 60 games? But like if he goes on the IL and he's already missing 10 days, like that's a six of the season. So I'm sure there were calculations by some major league teams that went, are we really gonna risk a guy for a stolen base, which doesn't necessarily have a ton of intrinsic value at the in the real baseball sense? You know, when if he breaks his wrist, like that's his year, like, or, you know, or not even, you know, breaks wrist might be year in, in any season, but like if he sprains his wrist, like he might miss half the season. And so I think there were teams that went, we're just not going to run. And I think the Indians might've been one of those teams as well.
0: Yeah. And people were freaking out about Trey Turner. I think it was like the first month mm-hmm. he didn't, I think he only had one seal or he didn't steal a base yeah. until like a couple of weeks or a month into the season. And then he still wound up with, I think it was like close to 10 or whatever, but, um, he was great. Uh, But it's a good point that you bring up there. For me, uh, Mike Moustakis still has second base eligibility. uh, And there's another one where I'm going a little bit higher than you. And and he's at 129.4. But I just don't really understand why. Like Last year, he was a top 100 pick. And this year was weird for him. He had a quad injury. He had a COVID scare. And now you're getting him 30 picks later. I don't really think anything changed um, in terms of the player, the strikeout rate went up from 22% strikeout rate for Mustakas was a career high, but uh, that was despite a 10% swinging strike rate and a 31% chase rate. Both of those numbers were four-year bests for him. So, I, like, the strikeout rate just, it seems a little wonky to me, and he also struggled a little bit against lefties. He had a 655 OPS for his career. He's 715, so should bounce back a little bit in that department. It's still a great park to hit in. It's a, a solid lineup, assuming they don't trade everyone away. I'm going to take the whatever 30 to 40 pick discount that you're getting on Moustakis this year versus last year.
1: Yeah, I love Moustakis. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. Definitely a guy I considered for this. Um, but I just went a little bit later in the ADP uh, for my gift. But Moustakis is one of those guys that just is perpetually underrated. Like, people just don't give him... It, before, it was because he was playing in Kansas City. Now, it's because, like you said, he had the quad injury. He got... It wasn't even, he didn't even get COVID, right? He was just exposed to someone with COVID. And then he had, so he had to sit out and wait for two yep. positive or negative tests. Um, you got to love the park for him. Uh, you know, it'll be a bummer if they start trading away pieces like Suarez and hurting kind of uh, the potential for him to drive in a uh, hundred runs. But I mean, I just think he's like that perfectly solid dude that everybody kind of doesn't really think is sexy but he also feels like like Flores, he fills that CI or MI spot. And having that, you know, I love guys that can fill either the CI MMI or it goes infield outfield. like those guys just give you so much roster flexibility, especially uh, in seasons in which you know it might be shortened again. you know we hope that COVID's gone, but we don't know. We may have issues again and like having those guys with that roster flexibility is huge, I think.
0: He is, Musaka's one season removed from a 35-homer, 845 OPS season. Again, that was back with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the one thing that stood out to me, and you let me know if I'm overthinking things here, Justin. Musaka saw a 10% increase in breaking pitches this past year, and he hit just 100 against them. So, I don't know if it's, it's just, again, everything's just a small sample size. that I don't know yeah. if that would have like normalized over the course of a full season, but that's the only thing that, gives me slight pause with him.
1: I'm not overly worried about that. I mean, it's just, he saw so few pitches because it was a 60-game season, which he missed time in. Yep. Um, I just think that, it, again, this is one of those things where I you know, keep reminding people, like, there is, you definitely want to analyze what happened in 2020 because it was a sample. But I don't want to completely overreact to it. And so when I see guys like Moustakis getting a, you know, 20 or 30-pick discount, like, that makes me much more interested than paying for the guy who had the huge two weeks, you know, uh, in in a 60-game season and is now shooting up the draft board, you know?
0: Let's do it. I'm in. on Mike Moustakis. Third base, Justin, who you got there?
1: Oh, third base. Okay. Like, I went back and forth on two guys, and they're going right next to each other in the ADP. One is... Oh, man, who should I go with? Uh, You know, Q. Brian Hayes, I just like this is a guy like, you know, too often in the fantasy industry, analysts are unwilling to say they're wrong on a guy. So I will say I was wrong on Q. Brian Hayes. I just I was like, I just did not think he was going to be the type of player that was like fantasy goodness. I thought he was going to be a really, really fun, interesting um, and solid real life player. But I did not, I did not see what I saw in 2020 when he came up and it may be hyperbolic, but like, I think he could be like early career Anthony Rendon, which is a guy with a great average who has speed, uh, has power, um, you know, and I think he's a little bit sheltered in the uh, in the Pittsburgh sphere, that being said, like his ADP is going up and going up, and I think it will continue to go up. Uh, because I want to say he, in the two early mocks that I did back in October, he was going around like I want to say like 212, and now he's at what 139. Um, so like the price is going up, but I'm okay with it. I actually really like the price, I think he's a little bit underrated still, uh, because you're getting like you're getting a guy who could potentially be Anthony Rendon, which is a second or third round pick uh, at pick, you know, 139. So I, I love Misa cabrini a uh, Gio Urshela was the other guy. It's like the opposite Oof. where like, like super safe floor and he's going to pick 154. Like I, I don't understand why everybody hates Gio Urshela.
0: Man, Scott White would love to be on with you right now, man. He loves both of those guys. He loved Urshela last year and everything Urshela did really kind of carried over, hit a lot of line drives, still hit the ball really hard. Uh, but Cabrian Hayes is someone he's already uh, talked up a few times. And man, like I don't want to overreact too much because it was, he had 65 batted balls, but like mm-hmm. 92.8 mile per hour, average exit yeah. velocity, 300 XBA, a uh, 497 X slug. Like he was just absolutely ripping the ball. And you, you brought up uh, a very lofty comp in Anthony rendon but I will also I'll mention Francisco Lindor as I no I don't think Brian Hayes can be that type of player like a like a 30 20 kind of guy but Lindor was regarded as a like a defense first prospect when yeah. he first came up and I, then,
1: another guy I was wrong on I was totally yeah. wrong on Lindor
0: Yeah and then he just took the league by storm and just became this awesome hitter uh so yeah solid plate discipline from Hayes like it's not a good park to hit in it's not a great lineup but that that was true this past season, and and he was awesome. Could also chip in a few bags. Had twelve steals in in AAA uh, in 2019. So man, lot to be excited about Hayes. But I agree. I think I think the the ADP is just going to continue to climb, um, and rightfully so. He, he's a very interesting player. You mentioned the name. I went all the way back up to the top too, Anthony Rendon. I think that where he's going right now, 42. Last year he was. Uh, being drafted inside the top 30. So you're getting like 15 to 20 picks of value right now on Anthony Rendon. And I think he might be the safest third baseman being drafted inside the top 50 picks. And that's even considering Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado. I have no concerns over Anthony Rendon, Justin. And something I keep finding myself doing in these early drafts is I'm being aggressive with starting pitchers in the first two rounds. And the reason why is because I really, really like those third and fourth round hitters. Because I think Rendon could provide first round value, like we've seen him do it before, um, and there's a lot of other just hitters in general going in those mid rounds. But like, I'm I'm fine getting Anthony Rendon as like my first hitter if I start off with two pitchers in a draft.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just floors don't come that safe in fantasy as Anthony Rendon, and I mean it's crazy because the the early career like rub on Rendon was he just can't stay healthy, right? He struggled to stay healthy all throughout his college career at Rice, um, you know, dropped in the draft because of the injuries, uh, then, you know, struggled early on his career. But, I mean, he's been just rock solid. Uh, and we we pretend like he doesn't have any upside on top of it. But, I mean, I would argue, like, yeah, I mean, you're not getting stolen bases. So, like, you know, if, if he chips in two or three stolen bases, you're like, oh, thanks for those. But, I mean, he's a guy that's going to hit 25-plus home runs, and he's going to do it with a good average. I mean, you know, 2020, he hit 286. Oh, okay. But the th- pre- three previous seasons, he racked up 600 plate appearances in almost every one of those years. And hit over 300 like that's huge like that just gives you so much room to play with batting average later getting a guy that is going to get you 600 plate appearances of a 300 batting average everything else on top of it is really gravy and then you could get that 29 season uh, 2019 season where he hit the 34 home runs and added the 100 hundred in the runs and RBIs. like, yeah, I think he's a perfectly safe guy. Uh, with the upside of like Nolan Arenado,
0: He's probably going to miss 15 to 20-ish games throughout the course of a full season, but 900 plus OPS in four straight years yeah. for Anthony Rendon. Just super safe. Uh, I have no problem with getting him as as my first hitter on a team. As I mentioned, and, and you know, I should have started everything off with this, Justin, where if there, if there is a player that I bring up that you just don't like,
1: just oh, I'll, completely I'll just, feel free I'll, to I'll rip it, man. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to
0: just like agree with every. If there's a player on this list that you don't like, please feel free to tell
1: me. Shortstop. Here you got. All right. Here you go. So sometimes the best gifts are the ones you've never, like, you don't see coming, right? So here's a name that some of the listeners are going to be like, what? What? Haseon Kim. Mm. Coming over from the KBO. Should sign any day now, which means jump into a draft right now and draft him because he's going at pick 201. Uh, I think I got him at like 230, 240 in a, in a draft champions recently. This kid, you know, He's 25 years old. We know he can play defense. We know he's got speed, and he showed power in the KBO recently. Now, here's the thing. Power in the KBO, I could hit for 30 home runs in the KBO. <laughs> so, you know, maybe the fact that he hit a bunch of home runs, you know, this year, I think last year too – is a little bit deceiving. So we don't know what kind of power he's going to hit for, especially when we start going up against Major League Hitting. But he can get on base. He can walk. He's going to play good enough defense. And this isn't like a guy that is going to, you know, toil in the minors. Dude's going to play from day one on a team. A team's about to give him a contract and pay the team he's, you know, leaving in the KBO money just to have the rights to negotiate. So uh, I think this is a kid who – By the beginning of March, when you and I do the main event, he's going in like the top 130 and you're getting him at 201 right now. So right now you're getting 70 picks or so, you know, you know, worth of value by just drafting a guy that people don't know. Uh, And I think he has the potential to be a stud and the in a pretty safe floor, because I think at worst he's going to offer you speed.
0: And that is the definition of a gift, man. I mean, if he moves up that much and you're drafting now, I mean, just remember the name, ha Young Kim. We'll we'll see where he lands, but he's been linked to, like, the Toronto Blue Jays, which would be a great lineup and and great ballpark to hit in as well. Uh, ha Young Kim just turned 25 years old in October, 306 batting average in the KBO this past season, 30 homers, and 23 steals. So really coming into his own. And, And usually, you know, when we get guys from, like, Japan or Korea, they're usually older. He's 25 years old. He's in his prime. So definitely a name to pay attention to.
1: If he ends up on a team that likes to run, like the Rangers have been really good with international talent. The Mariners have been another team that uh, gets international talent and they run. If he ends up on one of those teams that run, like this dude is going to be just a great force in Roto. So uh, yeah, I mean, If you can jump in a league, jump in a league right now because he (laughs) has to sign by January 1st, jump into one of those slow drafts on NFBC or, you know, talk a bunch of buddies into doing an early draft just so you can get a couple of these, you know, shares of Kim.
0: Yeah. And look, a lot of the NFBC drafts, they're higher price points. And we understand like not everybody Mm -hmm. can afford to do it. But I mean, there's other drafts going on right now. And just for lower dollar amounts, like there's best ball drafts for 10 bucks or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. So, uh, you know, if you do have the urge for for drafting, that's that's a way to 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 do it now.
1: I just did um, a fan tracks best ball for 10 bucks with a bunch of guys in the industry just for fun. Uh, Oh, you were in that draft, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Kim, I think, went outside like the top 200 picks. Like, and these are like really, really smart guys. Like, um, uh, so I mean, this a really bunch of really smart guys and me. So uh, I I was going to say,
0: like, why are you considering me a smart guy, Justin? Exactly,
1: (laughs) right? Uh, But uh, like, there's a bunch of fantrax leagues you can do for like 10 bucks. NFBC just dropped some of their price points, so they've got like these 50 dollar 12 team drafts. Um, which are fifty man uh rosters, so like you get the deep draft, but you don't have to spend 150 bucks. So uh, I wish that NFBC did a few of the free leagues like they do for football, for baseball. That uh, I gotta talk to Tom and, and Tom and Craig. And like, <laughs>
0: Make it hey, happen. Make it happen, man.
1: Yeah, get these people interested in NFBC because it's so much fun once you get hooked.
0: Yeah, it is fun for sure. Um Justin, I'm I'm mad at myself from last year because I love this player and I just didn't get enough shares. And I don't know why, because I was I really like him, uh, and it, it was Dansby Swanson, who's now you know, going right around pick 100. The ADP is 104.7, uh, and man, like... I still don't think that that's high enough based on the progression that we've seen from him to this point, 274 batting average, and 809 OPS this past season. Both of those were career highs, 10 homers, 49 runs scored, five steals. Uh, he's a high BABIP guy, but 25% line drive rate since the start of 2019. Obviously, we know line drives usually correlate well with uh, BABIP. And I noticed recently Jeff Zimmerman, who writes Mining the News over at Fangraphs, it's Fantastic. Make sure you read it whenever Jeff Zimmerman puts it out. He pulled a quote from Braves hitting coach Kevin Seitzer about Swanson changing his approach and opting to go up the middle more so uh, with his hits into and, and opposite field. And you saw that in the numbers on Fangraphs. If you look like his center field percentage was 38%, and that was a career high. And that's something that I've talked about with uh, Tim Anderson as, as the reason why Tim Anderson has been able to take that next step is... Because he's been going to uh, to center and opposite field and just progressing more so as a hitter. So, uh, dude, if Swanson hits near the top of the Braves lineup, like he's going to score a hundred runs. And I think right now he's projected for like seventy-seven, which is just wild. I love Swanson at this uh, at this cost. The only thing I'll ask you, Justin, would you rather have Swanson at one hundred four or Carlos Correa at one twenty-seven? Because I really like both values.
1: I mean, anybody who's followed my work for you know however long I've been doing this. Knows my feud, my blood feud with Dansby Swanson, and I can't believe you would pick him as a gift. <laughs> Not, I mean, uh, you know, I, I was the guy who who like was like Dansby Swanson is like a fine major league player. This is when he was the number one overall prospect, right? I said he's going to be a fine major league baseball pl- or, or fine major league baseball player, but like he's never going to be like the elite number one fantasy guy that people were drafting him for. Um And I got a lot of heat. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think I ranked him like 20, or I think, yeah, I think I ranked him like 28th or 29th one year at shortstop and people lost their mind. And I was right, by the way. Uh, that being said, like, I think he's a fine player. My biggest issue was Swanson. Cause I mean, he was, he was good last year. And the nice thing was he played all 60 games. The problem is, He's never played above 144 games at the major league level. He's a dude that gets banged up um, and misses time. And he doesn't necessarily have that carrying tool in fantasy that makes him super interesting as a top 100 pick. And so, like, I'm actually fading him at this price. I'd much rather have Correa, who has shown the ability to be a a second-round pick, a first-round pick, uh it, you know and is still going to be on you know it's going to be a less loaded Houston team but it's still a pretty loaded team um if if Swanson can stay on the field for and play 150 games you know batting second in that lineup if they continue to bat him there like he could be an amazing compiler um and yeah and you know score 100 runs uh you know hit 20 plus home runs you know steal you know 10 bags and you'll be stoked with that price. The problem is, like, I just don't trust the dude to stay on the field yet. Like, he just hasn't shown that ability. And this whole, like, he he was the exception to that, you know, rule where people were, you know, saying, oh, you know, if he could just stay healthy for sixty games, it's a short season, maybe he can stay healthy. Well, he's the one guy that did it, and it. Well, it was great. Like, it wasn't like an out of this world stat line. Like, it wasn't like this dude one year you league um it was like hey nice i got really good value from a guy who was going like pick 250 um but now he's going to pick 100 like i'm no i just don't want dancy swanson there
0: you go it's about time justin and disagree with a player that i have on here he was also great in the postseason for what it's worth i mean we're Mm -hmm. using a bunch of small sample sizes so let's do it one more time with the playoffs 12 playoff games he had three homers two doubles a triple and had two steals as well Entering his prime age, twenty-seven years old, I think a lot does come down to the health. If he could stay healthy, I think we get like a twenty-plus homer, ten to fifteen steals, and and just really good counting stats with like a two seventy batting average. And I think yeah, that- it's
1: it's Marcus Simeon, right? It's yeah, it's it's a good line for you know as long as the guy plays. The hard part is. If he doesn't play, then it's not that great of a line. It's like it becomes really boring. He's not a guy who's going to win your league or lose your league. He's going to be a glue guy either way. I just don't typically want to go for glue glue guys in the top 100.
0: The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card.
0: All right, we're running out of time here, Justin. So if you want to combine your outfielder and your starting pitcher mm. together, we could do that right okay. now.
1: All right, let's do it. Um Uh, To be honest, I've got like a million pitchers. And so I'm just going to like randomly close my eyes and point and pick one. So I'll start with my, uh, my outfielder. That's Cedric Mullins going pick 385. Uh, He led off for Baltimore a lot. I mean, there's no reason for them not to let him just play every day. He's got power. He's got speed. I think he can hit for batting average. That that's the question mark. Like how much contact is he going to make? But like, I think he's just a really sneaky guy. No, no one's paying attention to um, in Baltimore. Uh, man, so many guys I could pick. Uh, honestly, you know, if
0: you want to rattle off a few of them, just feel uh, free. I'm gonna rattle
1: all them off then, okay. Patrick Corbin was a top 10 pitcher coming into last year, he's going to pick 154. Frankie Montas, once he got past the back issue, uh, he was fantastic. He was fantastic in 2019. Love me some Frankie Montas. Jose, your missed most of the season, but it was fantastic when he came back. Going to pick 212. Dane Dunning. Uh, was great in his you know rookie season. Gets traded to one of the best pitcher parks in baseball, that new Texas you know dome that looks like a barn. Uh, going to pick two ninety one. Give me all of that. Like Devi Garcia was one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. Came in, pitched well, and is going at three hundred five on the Yankees. And like he's starting. Like I don't like him long term because I think the body may break down because he's so small. But for 2021, I'll take that at 305. Hunter Harvey is the closer of Baltimore. Going to pick 395. Uh, Carlos Martinez, I'm going to give him a wash because he got COVID. Was on the Cardinals, played those all those double headers. Weird season. Uh, going to pick 431 for a guy who used to be a top 25, top 30 starting pitcher in the league. And the Jose Leclerc, Clerk, he's going to be the closer if he is healthy. He's got the contract. Uh, they just traded uh, Jonathan Hernandez. He's going to pick 515. Uh, if you want a, your third or fourth closer at 5:15, that's that, that's a gift. They're all my pitching gifts. Well, not all of them, but a lot of my pitching gifts for you guys.
0: Boom! Christmas came early. That damn, that was. Got a lot of names on that list. I actually just ordered my Texas Rangers hat because I'm so excited. Nate Lowe, uh, Dane Dunning, someone I'm really excited about as well. I personally hope that they go with Demarcus Evans, but there's certainly a chance that Jose Leclerc Leclerc is the closer for the Rangers again. I don't have as many names because obviously I'm not as prepared as Justin, you know, just hosting a podcast or anything, no big deal. Um, But Nick Senzel is someone that I still like, and I guess. I'm finding a theme here where it's like, if these guys stay healthy, they could probably be really good. Uh, Senzel has not been able to stay healthy for his career, but in the 127 games he's played to this point, 14 home runs, 16 steals, If he comes close to like 140, 150 games, I think we can get a 2020 season out of Senzel. Prospect pedigree is there. uh, And he got off to a really good start. The first 14 games of the season, I had like two homers, two steals. He was hitting 25% line drive rate. uh, And then he like missed a month with COVID. So I think he's kind of like throw the season out for Senzel. But I still think there's something there. And the other one, Um, just sticking up with the theme is Jamison Tyone who is going at pick 237.9. He had Tommy John surgery in August of 2019. So he will be 18 months removed from uh, Tommy John surgery in February when pitchers and catchers report. uh, And apparently all reports have been great so far throwing like mid nineties with his fastball. And apparently he has developed more uh, spin and movement on his slider. He said before it was more like a cutter. And now it actually has like more sweeping action to it. So, Jameson Tyone, look, we know what his upside can be. He can perform like a top 50 player in general, and he's going outside the top 230. So, uh, Senzel and Tyone for me, any, inter- any interest in either one, Justin?
1: I mean, Senzel's an interesting guy because the prospect pedigree, uh, he just can't stay on the field. And I mean, yeah. that is that is the bugaboo with both these guys, is they can't stay on the field. And uh, I think. Senzel still is young enough where we go. I, I give him a chance to really figure it out. Tyon, man, I do not get this love for Tyon. Like, I I understand, like, the raw skills. And if this was, like, MLB The Show and we could turn off injuries, like, he, <laughs> we could turn him into, like, a top 15 pitcher. And so, like, I see where people go, like, okay, all he's got to do is stay healthy. The dude has never been healthy. Never, He sprained an ankle coming out of the womb. Like this is like a guy like who just he has never been healthy his entire career like going all the way back to the minors was an issue, and now we're we're talking about a guy who has not pitched since two thousand nineteen, uh, like he's going ahead of guys like Corey Kluber, James Paxton, um, you know uh, Nathan Eovaldi going going in the same area, Justin. That's uh, a
0: great group of guys that all sprained their ankle coming yeah, out of the womb.
1: Sure, but like. <laughs> Like Paxton was just like a top twenty pitcher, like like it just was that. Like, so now we're we're gonna bank on a guy who we we have no idea. Like, what kind of mileage can we even expect from a Jameson Tion in in twenty twenty one? Like, like are they really gonna let him go above one twenty? Like, I wouldn't. I mean, I have no. I know he threw like he threw like one ninety one in in twenty eighteen, but that was that was now three years ago. Like it's like we're no longer like like he he's got to be able to ramp up and uh you know do do they want another was it nick birdie situation that happened in pittsburgh where like they pushed him or they said they were being cautious with him and then he blew out his arm again like Mm -hmm. um i don't know like I understand like people chasing that dragon but I' I'm, I'm not I'm I'm just not with it and I I don't, I don't get it like I'd much rather have his teammate going later with Mitch Keller at 305 like give me that like, I like
0: Mitch Keller too man I I, I love the Pirates pitchers uh, you know Joe Musgrove has I've I think I've become <laughs> like synonymous with Musgrove like I love Musgrove yeah. and and now even his price is getting a little bit too high but um let's uh let's wrap up with some have a little fun here. Top three Christmas slash holiday movies. I don't know if you're like a big movie guy or if you uh, you've seen every Christmas movie. Like honestly, Scott brings up movies all the time that I haven't seen, and, and, and like people just tweet at me like, "How can have you ever lived? How have you not seen these movies?" So uh, there's a lot that I haven't <laughs> seen. <laughs> but uh, your top three, top three Christmas or holiday movies, Justin.
1: Are we going one at, one at a time, or are we we all three? Uh, throw, uh, throw me all three.
0: Start at three, all right, all and, three. and work your way to one.
1: Uh, oh, start at three. Okay. Um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like it's. I
0: just watched it for the first time ever last weekend.
1: It's it's absolutely fantastic. It totally holds up, and I'm really not that old. Like I'm I'm 36, so like it like I didn't watch it like when it was in the theater or anything like that. But it's just a movie that's I've seen a million times, like replayed on TV, and it's just so good. I mean, it's it's like prime Chevy Chase, uh, and it just yeah, it's just so well done. And so funny, and you can just laugh. And like now as a parent, like and being a husband, like I totally like, like I I really empathize with the character, (laughs) you know, in a way that I maybe I didn't, you know, 10 plus years ago. So uh love that movie. Um, you know, then number two, uh it's wonderful life, it's a complete classic. Uh, you know, my Gianella has a fantastic thread on this. I don't know if you've ever seen it, where he talks about uh, that it's not really a Christmas movie, it just takes place at Christmas. Um, and uh, in the same way that my number one Die Hard isn't really a Christmas movie, it just yes. takes place at Christmas, <laughs> but that makes it a Christmas movie. Um, so uh, but it's, it is a classic. I mean, Jimmy Stewart, if you've never seen it, go watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's just it's it's one of my favorite movies ever made um but if we're ranking it as a christmas movie it's number two to die hard which is like yippee-ki-yay effer. i don't know if that's where you or not but uh, <laughs> so uh it's just it's a movie i watch every christmas eve um while i'm wrapping last week presents with my wife uh and it's just so much fun it's action-packed it's it's like the antithesis of what a christmas movie is supposed to be but uh it's got this cult like following of people that say it's a Christmas movie. It's the greatest Christmas movie ever made. And I'm on board with
0: that. It absolutely is a Christmas movie. I wish Adam Azer were here to yell at us about it. Uh but it's also on my list. Is it number one? Hmm, I don't know. Uh number three for me, I have I I don't know. Like, is this a Christmas movie? Is it like a Hanukkah movie? Eight Crazy Nights is just amazing. Like <laughs> the animated movie with um obviously Adam Sandler. It's just so great! It's a great story. Tugs on the heartstrings a little bit. It's obviously like hilarious too. Like the little old guy, Whitey, he's just like falling down and it just God, it was so funny. So really enjoy a crazy night number two for me. I, I do have Die Hard, and I really do believe that it is a Christmas movie. It takes place at a holiday party. Uh, there are heavy themes of family. The director said it himself that like he didn't expect it to be a Christmas movie. That wasn't the idea going in, but like. He now considers it a Christmas movie. So if he says it, I think it's true. Of course, Argyle was playing Christmas and Hollis in the limo. Like, let's be, let's be honest. That's one of the best, that's one of the best uh, Christmas songs as well. So um, that's number two. Number one, Just Friends. I said this recently. I love this movie. Ryan Reynolds, uh, dressed up as a big, big dude... Uh, you know, singing. I swear by all for one. Uh, Dusty Dinkelman as like, dude. This movie is just all over the place. I watch it every year on Thanksgiving with my family as like a kickoff to the holiday season, uh, and I just think it's so funny. Have you ever seen Just Friends?
1: I've not. Oh, dude, I, and I've so never good. even seen Eight Crazy Nights. I mean, so. Oh, uh, all right. I'm gonna have to. I, obviously, I'm gonna have to go and watch these movies. Like, I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, Christmas time right now for us in the Mason household is. Like there are Christmas specials constantly playing that and Frozen because I have a two year old and she just <laughs> loves Frozen. So. I'm sorry, uh, oh, not, not yeah. sorry
0: for you having a two year old. Obviously, I'm sorry that you have to watch Frozen.
1: You no, know I mean uh, two is a is an interesting age. It's like my <laughs> least favorite age, but uh, uh, yeah. no, we watch Frozen about twenty times a day. It's uh, it, uh, I, I can go word for word with Olaf right now, but uh, uh, I'll definitely have to put those two movies into my rotation to kind of kind of check it out and see see what they're all about.
0: Justin Mason, dude, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Again, co-owner of friends with fantasy benefits, creator of the great fantasy baseball invitational. Uh, Listen to him sleeper in the bus with Paul Sporer. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Justin Mason, F W F B. Justin, is there anything else that you'd like to promote while you're here?
1: Yeah, uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits, we're doing our annual draft guide. It'll be out January 2nd, or hopefully January 2nd, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Um, it's it, it gets better and better every year, so it's super cheap. You can get it on Amazon, or you can email me, at gmail.com. Uh Sign-ups for TGFBI and the TGFBI satellites are up. TGFBI is only for people in the industry, so you have to be producing some sort of content. Go to tgfbi.com. You can apply there. If you want to win your way into TGFBI, the way to do it is get into a satellite league and win that league, and then you're in next year's TGFBI. Uh, so definitely uh, go over to TGFBI.com, sign up for, for TGFBI or one of the satellite leagues, uh, and then Potapalooza. We're going to do Potapalooza again, which was me sitting in a chair for 12 straight hours just talking <laughs> fantasy baseball with a bunch of people in the industry. Uh, to be determined, so follow me on Twitter at just Mason F or just Mason FWFB, um, or hit me up on Facebook, uh, and, uh, and and get all the information for that
0: awesome dude really appreciate coming on for Justin I am Frank thank you all for listening and watching I also want to wish a very happy holiday season happy and healthy Uh, thank you to everybody for sticking around all season it was my first year here at Fantasy Baseball today and people for the most part have been very welcoming so I really do appreciate all the kind words that I've received and just people sticking around and listening and and watching to uh, all the content that we produce this year so I really really do appreciate it for Justin I am Frank thank you all for listening and watching we'll be back again Next year? No, that's not true. We'll be back in next week. Bye-bye. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home.